The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Psalms. I want to read several passages of scripture this morning. So as I was praying over this, and I talked to the Lord about unshakable, because I know that his kingdom is unshakable. And he said to me, give the people some rocks that they can found their life upon. Because if you build your house on sinking sand, it's going down. You've often heard me tell the story, those that have been with us for many years, about if you go down to the Florida Keys, there are buildings in the Florida Keys that have been there since 1820. Hurricanes have come through, cat fives, nothing moves them because it's all built out of rock and it's solid. Everything today is built out of wood. And you heard me tell the story about the three little pigs, because I came to America. Most people don't know about the three little pigs, how they were trying to escape the big bad wolf, and one built his house out of straw, the other one built his house out of stick or hay. But the, the third little pig, he built his house out of bricks. So when the big bad wolf came, he huffed and puffed, huffed and puffed, and couldn't blow the house down. And so many Christians' houses are made out of straw and sticks. Their house house is made out of spiritual theological toothpicks. And what you just witnessed the past two years was the blowing down of everything that was not built on the rock. So I said, well, the rock is Jesus. Yeah, but this understanding, what I just gave you is a rock that's not even, I didn't even include in the rocks to come. This covenant that you have with God just in your financial realm. You have to know that you have to be rock solid on the covenant and it's not debatable, neither is it negotiable. I don't care how many people they bring you away. Yeah, excuse me. Somebody said, well, you're not teachable. No, you are teachable until you build a foundation. There had to be a foundation built for this pavilion that's four foot deep, that runs 400 foot long. Tons and tons and tons, 76 concrete trucks into the foundation, the rebar, the steel, tons of steel so that this structure can withstand a Cat 5 hurricane, the fabric of Cat 3. People will be blown away before this building. They might find you in another county. Your hairpiece will go into another county. So Psalm 62 and verse 6, the psalmist said, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I will not be moved. So I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes about the rock of salvation. Do you know how many people I've met here over the last two years that are even questioning their salvation? 
how do you even serve God when you're not even sure if you saved yourself? Hello. And I'm not talking about congregation members. I'm talking about ministers. That's why they closed the church down because they were afraid to die because they weren't sure that they're going to heaven. Okay, I'll try this out again. That's why they closed the church down because they're afraid to die because they're not sure if they're going to go to heaven. That's why they took jab one, jab two. Because they don't want to die. Now, I'm not going to get into the effects of that. We believe in God to heal people from the effects of that. And it's going to take a miracle. I'll just tell you right now. Only a miracle of God can save people that have gone through that process because you basically blew your immune system to smithereens. And you basically got acquired immune deficiency syndrome. And a little slight flu will take you out on the next run. That was the plan. That was the plan. So I'm not saying God can't give you a miracle. We believe in miracles. That's why we have a healing school. Can you say amen? amen. 1 Samuel 2 and verse 2. There is none holy as the Lord, for there's none besides thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. And then Psalm 18 verses 1. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Salvation is not something that you come and get saved and then you sneeze last night and lost it. Oh, I think I lost my salvation. The devil comes with guilt to get you to internalize because he knows if he can keep you in guilt, he keeps you on the back foot. Are you with me? But that doesn't mean say we go sin. Oh, the Lord forgives me. No. Yeah. Sin is the problem and sin will destroy you. Sin will bring a separation. That's why you see people when they backslide, they'll come, you know, to church, they're on fire, they sit as close to the front as possible, and then they start moving back, 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 then on the back row, and then finally they're gone. But their faces go longer and longer because they're indulging in things that they shouldn't be indulging in. You can't, you have to choose which kingdom you're going to walk in. If you're going to be in the kingdom of God, then be in the kingdom of God and be a radical. If you're going to be in the kingdom of the devil, at least you're going to go to hell and you know why you're going to hell. Huh? I don't want you to go to hell. So I don't even want to talk about that possibility. <laughs> For the child of God to know the foundation of their salvation is very important in the time that we're living in. Now, somebody says, where does the attack come from about your salvation? I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from the devil and other Christians. Because if you don't fit into their denomination, he's not even saved. He's denied the truth. He didn't believe. I mean, they've attacked me 
for 40 plus years and said that I wasn't even saved. I am saved, whether you like it or not. I'm sorry I don't meet your denominational requirements. I'm sorry I didn't come through your seven forms of circumcision. It comes from other believers. Well, I tell you, that guy is not saved. The moment you step out, start doing things for God, he's not even a credit. That guy's a heretic. They don't even know what a heretic is. Growing up in Pentecost, this was drummed into us when we were children about our salvation. And you know, we use it on the gospel so when he script. How many remember the Romans road? Three people. <laughs> Romans 3.23, for all of sin and come short the glory of God. Romans 3.23, for the wages of sin is death. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6.23, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I remember years ago I was preaching in Hawaii. I was in Honolulu. There were several thousand people present and there was a whole group of uh, Baptists that had come to protest my meetings. They had big signs up, false prophet and I don't know what all and they were sitting praying against me. And so I called a line for prayer and a guy came, when I gave, he said to me, you're not even saved. And I'm standing there thinking, bro, the fact that I don't knock you out right now, the fact that I don't kick you, you know where, and knock you out right now is proof that I'm saved. Yeah, he has the goal, little punk kid has the goal to tell me, he's not even married, doesn't have a job probably. Just read a theological book. Now he's come to tell me that I'm not saved. And I just looked at him and I laughed because what are you going to say? Because Romans 10 verse 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's it. For whoever calls, whoever, that's including Rodney Harbaugh, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The only thing that stops you from getting saved is if you don't call on the name of the Lord and you don't confess with your mouth, Jesus the Lord, and you don't believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The only thing that stops you from being saved is when you have your own way of getting to heaven. No, I pray to St. Christopher and then I talk to Mary. I speak to Mary every day. She cleans the house. <laughs> Without Salvation, there is no foundation. 
There's no foundation. Nothing. Foundation is not by your working, it's by his working. It's by your believing and his working. It's not you have to do this and you have to do that and you've got to jump through this hoop and you've got to jump through that hoop. You look at every place that comes and brings you into bondage are people that come with all the rules and regulations. A man, this is what, how you save and all of this kind of stuff. Then you go, okay, well then I'm, you know, if you, you'll never get through the hoops. You'll never be able to because you, if you're going to make the law as the standard, then the Bible even says that if you hate your brother, you've committed murder. So who's ever got mad at somebody and had to forgive them? All right, so, so did you lose your salvation? No. Did you get forgiven? Yeah. Then walk in the light of the forgiveness. Do you continue to hate brothers? Do you forgive them? How many times do you forgive them? 70 times 7. Okay, so that's just the button that's on. We get mad at what they're doing, the globalists, but if I met any of these world leaders, I'd treat them with respect. I wouldn't, you wouldn't see me angry, railing out at them or whatever. I'm not, I'm not that way at all. I might call them out, but I could meet them, shake their hand and whatever. I actually don't walk around and judge people. I don't walk around, I actually walk around and treat everybody like they're saved. I mean, you're going to have to prove to me that you're not. You'll have to prove to me you're not saved. So it's not by works. There is an outworking of your salvation, which you see take place when you love your brother and you bless people and you go out of your way and you win other people to Jesus. That's an outworking of what's on the inside of you. Can you say amen? So, without salvation, there is no foundation. How do we come to that place of the foundation of salvation? Because we come through repentance. Repentance means that you come to God and you're sorry of your sins and say, Lord, you know, I'm really sorry. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it again. I don't want you to forgive me, and, but can you let me do that on the side? Are you with me? I don't want to do it. The Bible says you hate evil. You love God and you eschew evil. You don't want anything to do with that. And so repentance, the Bible says, Acts 3 verse 19, repent and be converted. How do you know somebody has been converted? Because they repent. They come to God. They're sorry for what they've done. And he said that your sins may be blotted out, that the times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. So you see the two groups, the one who's not refreshed, the other one who is refreshed. Why is one refreshed and the other one's not? Because the one hasn't repented and they're still carrying the burden of sin. Where Jesus wants to come and say, I don't want you to carry that burden of sin anymore. I carried it on the cross. Now give your sin to me. And he takes it off of you and he puts on his righteousness on you. And you have to be established in that and you can't even question that. You can't wake up in the middle of the night and sneeze. So how are you doing? Oh, I think I lost my salvation. What happened? I sneezed. 
This thing is signed in blood. This thing is sealed in blood. Are you with me? So then you have boldness. Then you have confidence before God because you know that he's your father and you are his child. You are his child. He loves you. You are saved. Don't let other Christians call you out of your salvation. Hello? So repentance. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out that the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The times of recovering from the effects of the heat of reviving with fresh air will come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's a hard thing. Somebody said, well, I don't know how to repent. Ask God to give you the grace to repent. You actually have to receive grace from heaven to actually repent. Because you say by grace. Grace is really the ability to receive something you don't even deserve. But you come, you humble yourself. To receive salvation, you have to humble yourself. No, no, somebody, I'll buy it. I'll just do good works. I'll give all my belongings to the poor. You can do all that, split hell wide open. It has nothing to do with that. It's repenting and ask God to forgive you of your sin. And then making Jesus Lord of your life. And then letting him point out areas in your life. That, hey, son, you're going to have to get rid of that. Okay. And God never does everything overnight. Like you come, you go in a room and you come out and you're a full believer. You've graduated from seven years of university and you understand everything in scripture. You come out, you're a baby Christian. You're still walking like a child's learning to walk. You learn to walk. You learn to talk. You've got to first learn to crawl. Are you with me? And, and, this, and the simplicity of a new believer is really the way it should be the simplicity of a sincere um, senior believer, if you can put it that way. You have to be like a child, not childish, but you have to be like a child, like faith. I'm, I'm like that. And you know, people say, oh, well, you need to you know, try to serious up a little bit. No, I, I'm going to be just like I am. I'm not seriousing up for you. I can get as intellectual as you want. I can, I can just debate anybody. I can discuss any subject on the face of the planet. But when I'm talking about Jesus, I'm not, I'm not going to get intellectual to come and con- mix all of what God's doing here. It's very simple. My little grandkids can understand these things. Are you with me? The Bible's so simple, you have to get an idiot to help you misunderstand it. So repentance is part of that rock of salvation. Did you repent? Yes. Then you say, what's the second thing of that whole thing? The blood, the blood of Jesus, which Romans 3.25, without the blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So it's the blood that washes you clean, which you have to know that. Did the blood cleanse you? Did the blood cleanse you? Then you are clean. Somebody said, yeah, these are real basic things, Pastor. Yeah, but it's part of the foundation. And then the third thing, they got repentance, the blood, and the cross. Colossians 1, 2, everything, it says, yeah, to purchase our freedom from sin took place 
at the cross of Calvary. That's why we remember what he did for us. But he didn't just keep us at the cross. He took us through the cross into Pentecost, into the resurrection life. Can you say amen? So we can live out our salvation and walk it out. And that's why the Holy Spirit's right there. And he will work with you every single day. And you'll know when you grieve the Holy Spirit. And what do you do at that juncture? Repent. Ask God to forgive you. But carry on working in your salvation that was bought for you and given to you so freely by God. Can you say amen? So this rock of salvation is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why all the other stuff, you have to keep jumping through hoops. You've got to jump through this hoop and that hoop and you've got to try to better yourself. And, and how many know that you can do a real bad job of bettering yourself? Who has tried over the years to better yourself? And it didn't really work. Huh? If it did work, it worked for about an hour. <laughs> Hello. It worked for about an hour. I tell you, I'm changing my whole life. I'm going to lose weight. You walk right around the corner, there's a chocolate cake. I'm going on a keto diet. Chocolate cake. You know, there's eggs in that. There is? Yeah, that's keto. I think somebody made a bacon chocolate cake the other day. Anyway, moving right along. Good news of great joy to all the people. A Savior is born who is Christ the Messiah of the Lord. Luke 2, 10 and 11. Joy. Joy. Joy for what? Joy because you're free from sin. Sin will have no more dominion over your life. You don't practice it as a way of life. That's why you're not going to hear me at this church telling you not to pay your taxes. Somebody said, well, it's illegal anyway. It doesn't matter. Just pay your taxes. God will bless you anyway. It doesn't matter. Just give, give Caesar what he wants. So you can give God what you want, what he wants. I don't want tax write-offs on this and that and the other thing. Just give them whatever they want to. How are they going to go to 70%? God will bless you 70% over and above the 70% you have to give Caesar. Can't keep you down. Can't touch this. So man needs a savior because all have sinned and the wages of sin is death. And man has fallen short of the glory of God. But once you're saved, you're not, for, you're not short of the glory of God. You now are in the glory. The glory has come to be on the inside of you. Are you with me? In him you live and move. And have your being. In him you live and move and have your being. You bought with a price. Your life is hid with Christ in God. You're part of the family of God. Royalty. 
such as never been seen before here on the earth. The royal family of England are paupers compared to the royal family that you are a part of. Can you say amen? Because of his kingdom, there'll never be an end. Of their kingdom, it's already coming to an end. You have, you have to be totally... Somebody said, you're trying to brainwash me into that. No. This has got nothing to do with your brain. It's a heart wash. A heart wash is totally different to a brainwash. <laughs> Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift, the gift, the free gift, the gift of God is eternal life. Is this eternal life only when you're going to go to heaven or is this eternal life right now? Right at the moment when you're born again, you been translated from darkness into life and you are already living in eternal life. No, you don't have a glorified body as of yet. No, you don't have that yet, but the day will come when this corruptible will put on incorruptible, when this mortality put on immortality, and you'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye, and you'll be just like him. And if you want to blame the physical body, you can blame Adam and Eve for that. But don't act like you wouldn't have done the same thing. Because some of you wouldn't have just eaten an apple, you'd have eaten a whole tree. See, we knew apple products have been the problem all since creation. So John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world. Somebody said he just hates the world. No, he doesn't. You, I don't know which God you connected with. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his best. If you give your only son, you give your best. Somebody said, what did he get in return? Look, look what he got in return. Look what he got in return. I know these people out there. Why do you tell you he got a bad deal there? Oh, really? Wow. The problem with you is you look on the outside, but God doesn't look on the outside. He looks on the inside. God's very happy with what he got. Can you say amen? People of every tribe and every tongue, blood bought, washed by the blood of the lamb, serving the king of kings. When you come together and you worship like this, when you stand together as one in Christ from many nations and every tribe and tongue, and you worship God with no reservation, he smiles, he's sitting in heaven and he's laughing, he's laughing right now, and Jesus is at the right hand and he's praying for you right now, therefore you're gonna make it! For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever when I was a kid, I put my hand up, I'm one of them whosoever. What are you? Rodney whosoever, Howard Brown. Rodney whosoever. I want you to say your own name, but, but, but whosoever is your second name. So, okay, we're going to go, well, one, two, three. Rodney whosoever, Howard Brown. Hey, did you see we're all whosoever? Say this out loud, I'm part of the whosoever family. 
Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son of the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That the world might be safe and sound. This salvation is not a light thing. You either saved or you're not. But when you are, walk as one who is saved. Act like someone who is saved. From the heart, not from the head. Let me ask for a show of hands. How many of you have ever, ever had a thought and the devil said to you, you're not saved? Wave your hand at me. Oh, listen to the same MP3 going around, huh? Hmm? That thing is old. That thing was around before MP3s were even around. If you go back over history of, uh, you know, the last thousand years, you'll see many religious leaders, they battled with this in themselves. And that's why all their flaky doctrine came out to accommodate their guilt, to accommodate whatever. And then they started devising other ways to get to God because they were battling with things that they could not resolve through simple faith in the gospel. They had to find their own way through. Why make your own way when there's a way? He's the rock of my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. There is none holy as the Lord. There's none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like my God. So that's it. That's it. The love of God, so great salvation. Now, I tried to tell you this when the Lord visited me in the early hours of March the 17th in the year 2020, the year of our Lord, I was uh, lying upon my bed. My spouse was sitting on the other side of the room working. And as I was about to doze off, I made a call to someone who tried to get a hold of me four times. And he answered the phone. I said, how are you doing? He said, not good. Looks like the end of days. And as he did, the presence of God filled the room. The glory of God come in like a tornado come around the four post of bed and crossed over my feet. And I began to tremble and quake and begin to weep uncontrollably because you don't know how to handle it. That's why we're going to have to have a glorified body when you get to heaven. And the overwhelming characteristic of what I felt at that moment was because I don't want to go too much into this because there was so much that took place in 90 seconds that's taken me two years to even tell. But the, I want to focus on this characteristic right now. 
the overwhelming characteristic of what I felt at that moment was the love of God, which I preached on it for years. We've talked about it, but what I felt was his love for the church because he said to me, the end is not yet. I'm sifting my people. I'm separating the wheat from the tares, the profane from what's holy, the false from what's real. And I'm purifying my bride because they're not ready for my coming, but I'm going to get them ready for my coming. Now, just that little line there, they're not ready for my coming, but I'm going to get them ready for my coming. I felt the weight of the love of God in those few words because it was overwhelming that he loves his church so much that he said, oh, they're not ready, but I'm going to get them ready. That means he don't want to lose one of his. Are you with me? And I wept because I was overwhelmed with the love of God. I, and I, you know, I understand it. I preach on it around the world. I, I understand how the love of God works. But when the love of God comes upon you, it's an absolute. Are you with me? That I knew how much he loved his church he loved his church so much, so let me get this because it's very hot, yeah, even these big ass fans don't help. But is there a bigger, big ass fan than this? Anyway, so the love of God is so overwhelming that when the love of God comes over you, I can guarantee you right now that you will never have a question. You will never have any question ever again. There will be no doubt and you will have no fear. It's impossible for a question of fear or doubt to be in the middle of the love of God because perfect love casts out fear. And when that love overwhelms you, it's over. In that love, that love is eternal. So people don't understand the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of the love of God, which passes knowledge the book of Ephesians says, without experience, and there are many people that have a knowledge of the love of God, but they've never experienced the love of God. So even if you go to all these events, ministers out there, they're reigning against the system. I feel no anointing on what they're saying, nothing. All these conservative movements running around, this needs to happen, and I tell you what, this is wicked, and what, there's no anointing. No anointing. They have no solution. They're trying everything in their own power and their own strength. But those that know their God will do exploits in His name. What is coming from them is not coming from here. It's coming from up here. They might have all the facts. They might have all the figures. But they don't have the spirit to, to, to totally dismantle the spirit that they're up against. They are outmanned, out gunned, outweighed, the enemy will take them out because the love of God is the thing that will sustain you and will carry you. When they speak, they speak as a man. They do not speak with authority. You can shout, raise your voice and rail. I don't mean to say that's anointing. It just means you wound up and you're angry and you ticked off and you, I'm telling you, these people need whatever. I've heard all that political mumbo jumbo the last 10 years. It's like a waste of time. You can get angry at what you see happening in the world. That's not going to change anything. 
because they're getting angry at what you're doing. So what are you going to have? Anger to anger. Where does that lead to? Strife, wars, fighting with one another. And all these people, even though they might be Christians, you know what they're afraid of? They're afraid of the power of God. They're afraid of the Holy Spirit. Because for them to experience the power of God, they have to give up control of their own life and receive His control. You have to come under the hand of the Lord. You have to come under His hand. You put on the internet, you watch these people talk, you'll hear every kind of blah, blah. Oh. I'd rather have five root canals. No, sorry, I don't want one root canal, but no, I'm joking. I'd rather hear donkey bray at midnight in a tin barn. Sit and listen to that nonsense. Well, this guy's an expert on the subject. He might know information, but he doesn't know. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not Christian. I'll just tell you, I'm, I'm born again, whatever. You have no power, my friend. You have no power. You've been spayed and neutered. You have no power. You don't have the power to come up against the principalities that you're dealing with. And that's why you are shakable. You're shakable. People come to me, oh, I'm so glad you stood and you were the first one and you know, first preacher in 150 years in America to, to get arrested. There was no option. The fire inside me would not allow me. There was the thought did not even cross my mind. That fire that's in your bones just stirs up. is not even a possibility. If it means death, then so be it. We're ready to go now. Hallelujah, praise God. This is it. I've lived my whole life. I knew these days were coming. I knew the spirit of the Antichrist was going to try to stop the church, but they're not stopping me because I'm not getting to heaven and apologizing to Stephen because he was just a deacon and he had more faith and loved Jesus more than me. I'll get to heaven and tap Stephen on the shoulder and say, hey, buddy, you didn't love him more than me. We loved him equally. We will never bow to the system of the world. We bow to one king and his name is Jesus. And just so you know, just in case people watch it, that doesn't mean to say I'm taking up arms and coming after you. I have no interest in killing you. I have more interest in getting you saved and giving your life to Christ. I will defend my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my, and everything, and defend my congregation. But after that, I'm not really worried about defending myself because my life is in his hands. And if you touch me, you touch him and he'll deal with you. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. So I'm not, I'm not sitting here worried about survival. We're not coming out of this week thinking, oh my God, how are we gonna survive? We are not here to survive. We are here to thrive. 
This is our moment, and this is our hour, and this is our day. And we here to occupy, and we taking territory. Hallelujah. Glory a Dios. So don't go around filling your head with a bunch of information. And then a lot of the people, they never give solution to the problem. They just rail, this is bad, that's bad. Okay, so what's the solution? I don't really have one. Then sit down and shut up. Because I actually have a solution to every one of these problems. Do we have to have that solution? Does it have to be in the blood? Do we have to have that solution? Oh no, oh no, don't let him loose. He's gonna talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And by God, don't ask him to pray. If you ask him to pray, you never know if he's gonna be suddenly go brando. We don't want to handle that. Because you, in your spiritual dementia, think that tongues is not for today. But there's over a billion people around the world that speak in other tongues. What are you going to do about that, Jack? It's a heavenly language. I said it's a heavenly language. I don't want people to think we fools. They already do. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to you watching television, arguing with me with your spiritual theological toothpicks. I ram that thing right up your cavity right now. I made the one in the tooth. I said a toothpick, a cavity. I was talking about teeth. Dentist, teeth, cavity. It's not negotiable. When you leave here this week, there's gonna be 15, at least 15 rocks Maybe a few more that you can put under your foundation. If it's not there, we'll dig under your house and stick it under there. And when you leave here, you get back home, the big bad wolf can come and huff and puff, huff and puff, but he ain't blowing your house down. Is it good? Bueno. Muy bueno. Bueno, grande. Supremo. I don't even know that's Spanish, but anyway. It sounds good. It's got a Spanish sound to it. How are you going to get other people saved if you don't show you saved? 
Let me wrap this up with this. I heard a preacher say this. He just given an altar call. The altar had filled with people. And when they came to the front, he looked at them and said, now I just want you to know it. From this day, the devil's going to come after you. <laughs> I was like, I'll go, no! The devil's been after them all of their life. From this day, the devil is gone. They are after him. What do you mean? I couldn't believe it. I just want you to know, from this day, the devil's really going to attack you now. No, he already had them. They want crack cocaine. They were snorting weed. They were smoking two crack pipes at the same time. One for each nostril. How do you tell new converts now that, just want you to know now, the devil's going to really come after you now? And, and they go, Oh, I wonder who's had me all my life. I wonder how come I ended up an alcoholic and a homeless bum and I can't even keep a job at once. So the devil's still going to come after me now? Boy, am I in hell. Shout this out. Jesus is my rock and my salvation. One more thing. The proof of your salvation is overwhelming joy. It's overwhelming joy. I mean, even if you go back to the old traditional song, Sad day when I was born again. Sad day when I was born again. Sad day when I was born again. It was a sad day when I was born again. Oh, glad day when he washed my sins away. Glad day when he washed my sins away. Glad day when he washed my sins away. Was a glad day when I was born again. And I'm not going to tone it down. I'm not going to tone it down. I'm just making up lines now. But the bottom line is that's just how it has to be every single day when you get up. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. You are my God. You are my salvation. You are my strength. You're the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? At that moment when the love of God flooded me, all fear went. A boldness came and that was it. I'm not saying you won't have thoughts. I've had a lot of thoughts in two years. Which will remain not mentioned. 
because they were just thoughts. They were not mine. I had a few birds try to land on my head and take a dump. But we got rid of them. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Feel the hand of God here this morning amongst your people. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes across this field in this beautiful pavilion on this beautiful day in the month of May. If only the workers could be moving at this time. I want to give a call today, if you fit into any one of these categories, and you that are watching my wave television want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus today and be founded on the rock of your salvation. Where beyond a shadow of a doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt, no doubt. If you've come under this great pavilion today, or you're watching by wave television and you fill it in any one of these categories, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. Maybe you came here today, you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, Lord, save me. You've never publicly invited him into your life. You just hope. I want to give you an opportunity right now to ask him to come into your life. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath their flood, lose all the guilty stain. Today, the power of sins can be broken off of you. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You might have come in here one way, but you're going to leave another way. Today, he calls you. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He calls you, will you come? Will you say, yes, Lord Jesus? You cannot buy this, you cannot earn this. It's all free. It's been granted to you by him. And today, his blood will wash you clean. You might have come here one way, but you'll leave another way. Between now and the conclusion of this broadcast today, you'll be changed. Not by the hand of man, but by the hand of the Lord. He loves you so much. Secondly, maybe you gave your life to the Lord in days gone by, but you've grown cold. You're not serving God like you should. You've allowed the things of the world to come in. Your heart has been clogged like a spiritual hardening of the spiritual arteries. You had a spiritual heart attack because things that you've never dealt with, pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things have clogged the heart of man. But today, he said, I'm going to give you a new heart. Today, I'm going to put a new spirit on the inside of you. And today, those things are not going to plague you anymore. He says, come, I love you. I love you. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's something outward that everyone can see. And so people can look at you and say, yeah, well, he, I mean, you know what he did? You know what that person did? Terrible. Listen, every, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there's not one of us, me included, that haven't fallen short of the glory of God. But when you come to the cross, when you come to the blood, he washes you clean. I don't care if it's outward and everybody knows about you. I don't care if they wrote books about you. Today, he comes and he will wash you clean. 
And today you'll have a new beginning if you surrender today. And then maybe you here, you gave your life to the Lord, but you're not serving the Lord because a storm came against your life. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world. It shook it to the very core. Took your breath away, knocked the wind out of your sails. But you say today, I need that new life. I'm coming back. I'm going to fall in love with Jesus all over again. I'm coming back to the rock of my salvation. It's a decision that you make. Will you do that today? Maybe you're here on the field or you're watching in your homes. And you say, Pastor, I do love the Lord, but I'm not sure of my salvation. I'm the one that's been plagued the past two years. The devil's been lying to me, telling me that I am not saved, but I want to make sure, I want to know, I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God. Can I make sure today? Yes, I want you to make sure today. And then also, maybe you've been around a, a, a church, but there's no power and you need the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to include that in because it's very important. The Holy Spirit's been sent to help you to walk your, your Christian walk. How are you going to serve God without the Holy Spirit? Can you serve God without the Holy Spirit? Yeah, of course. People do. They live and die. But the Holy Spirit's the power to accomplish heaven's purpose and plan. Everything is accelerated. So if you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you right now. Right while you, where you are, while hands are bowed and eyes are closed, quickly. Put your hand up right now. Say, pray for me. Thank you, thank you. Hands are going up across the field, all the way to the back, right against the fence line, all the way through. Today is your day of freedom. You're going to leave this place changed, not by the hand of man, but by the hand of the Lord. Once you've raised it, you may put it down. In your home, just raise it. Somebody said, nobody can see me. God can see you in your home. Put it up high right now. Say yes. Now, I want you to look at me. On this side here, you didn't raise my right, your left. You didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer. I'm going to pray right now quickly. Slip the hand up and say, include me. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Just slip it up high. I see your hands. Yes, 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 yes. This middle section, didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Put your hand up right now. Say, include me. Don't leave me out. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in all the way. I'm in all the way. And then the far side, yeah. Oh, my left side, your right side. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Put your hand up right now. Say, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I want every person that raised your hand, I want you to stand right now, right across the field. Just stand your feet quickly. Stand your feet. Stand, 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 stand. I want you to bring your personal belongings and come right here. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Come and join me right here. Come. You in your house, stand your feet right in your living room. We're going to pray a prayer together. Come. Come. Come now. I have decided. Bring them right up against the platform. Come, come, come right in here. Come right in here. Come. 
follow Jesus. No turning back. Just come in a little closer. Make room for everybody. Come, 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 come. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world. Give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. So wonderful. Isn't this awesome this morning? Isn't this awesome this morning? They're still coming. While they're coming, let me just talk to you watching my television. I'm going to pray a prayer with them. And I want you to pray that prayer with us as I pray. Yeah, you pray there where you are. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. You might say, but pastor, you don't know what I've done or where I've been. As though what you've done and where you've been, I should go, okay, get away from me. I might not know what you've done and where you've been, but I know what he's done and where he's been. And what he's done and where he's been cancels out what you've done and where you've been, if you believe. Because it's all by faith. We can't earn it. You know, we didn't have a choice of where we were born. We didn't even have a choice of our parents. How's it possible I come from Africa? I didn't have a choice of where I was born. I, when I woke up as a child, I was in Africa. Some of you, other places, Central, South America, others in Asia, others just in Alabama. You were born with a banjo on your knee. No, just kidding. But, but the Lord knows each person. He knows you by name. And in actual fact, he's been there right with you, even through all the nonsense and stuff like that. And you've actually had the Lord actually say, don't do that. How many have ever felt you shouldn't have done certain things? Maybe you had to be, you felt, don't do that now. Yeah. Well, who was that? It's the Holy Spirit that was there with you. So what we receive today, we cannot buy, we cannot earn. We receive by faith. 
by just coming and believing in what he did for us at Calvary. So I want you right now to close your eyes, raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from and pray this together with me. Believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth right now. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on. I'm serving you. I'm born again. I am saved. Thank you, Lord. Now just lift your hands and begin to thank him right now. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day, not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray. And on that day, let everyone hear these words. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And I thank you for that. Now, in Jesus' name. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown, or for additional resources, visit revival.com.